It's your week, your sports, the new Clarksville Now podcast. I'm John Glass, along with Jeff Matthews and Christian Brown. It's your week, your sports. John Glass here, back at it another week in the studio, hanging out with Mr. Christian Brown from Clarksville Now and Jeff Matthews. Boys, how we're doing? Doing fantastic. Christian, how are you? I'm just ready to mow down on some hot dogs this upcoming week. Oh, you know, July 4th. Yeah. A couple beers to drink. Independence Day. You, yep. just, you just can't beat it. No you know? fireworks to shoot off. 4th of July. One of the best eating holidays. Joey Chestnut. Man. Obviously oh, taking, legend. taking was, down. We I should, wish we could do a hot dog eating contest. What do you think the over-under is? Is there an over-under on how many hot dogs you can eat? You can definitely bet we'll on it, We'll check that out during the show. But um, yeah, but yeah, no, 4th of July, dude. Awesome, awesome. Do y'all have a go-to plate? Like, what's your go-to plate? Uh, gotta have some baked beans on there somewhere. Yeah. Gotta have a hot dog. Gotta have a burger at one point. Let's yep. be honest here. 4th of July is spanned. Spread across the whole day. Potato right? salad? Are you a potato salad guy, Jeff? Oh, I love potato salad. I like egg I salad, too. I like chicken salad the most. But I'm a huge, you know those like king size chicken wings? Yeah. So every single year I go down to the Madison Regatta in my hometown. It's Hydro Boat Plane Racing. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, dude, they have vendors. Sick. It's It's awesome. And everybody just, you know... Has a great time, so I'm doing that this weekend. I'm definitely going to give me that because that's just annual in tradition. Indi- Indiana, in Indiana. Indiana, yes sir, yes sir. Nice. Flat land and corn. That's about it. <laughs> and three boats. Yep, three. Yeah. three uh, it's about no. It's more than that. Okay, <laughs> give, give us some credit, Jeff. Come on, got to right. get you a burger. Got to get you a dog. Yeah. And uh, luckily, we're going to get a little break from the heat on Fourth of July. Not much. I mean, it's going to be like upper eighties. But yeah, man, I was about to say we're going to get a whole lot of heat though before Fourth yeah. of July later this week uh it is supposed to get triple temps so i mean uh toasty yeah thursday i think it's supposed to be about 100 maybe 99 and then as we get further into it it's supposed to be even hotter well the, so, good, the good news is i think most sports are in like de- their dead period or there's yeah. nothing really going on out on the field yeah i mean major league baseball Major they're League kind of the only ones playing yeah, right now are. they are yeah college world series is over yep uh the lsu tigers uh they got their their championship. Um, not too happy about it, but that was an interesting World Series. That was an but, awesome World Series, you know, though. I don't care. I enjoyed watching those, it. Those last two games were just so lopsided. It was crazy they to were. see, especially after that first game that was so even in competition. And then Florida just demolished. They yeah. set a record, right? They did. Yeah, it was set a record for most runs insane. in a College World Series game. Twenty-four. And before we move on to the first item on our you know agenda, I just want to say you know I really wish those series were five games. You mean like a best of seven or yeah. like a uh, best, best of, of five? Best, best of five. five. Best of five. At least. Seven's probably pushing it. In my yeah, opinion. we can get it. You know what? Let's let's put a pin in this and then add this to kind of our college or national stories and get into our little thoughts on that. Yeah. Uh, we can get into that later because I got some thoughts on that too. But this is your week, your sports, your local uh, Clarksville high school uh sports podcast we also do austin p and some national stories so let's get right into it high school we got the all area team christian what's up with that yeah so i'm just going to go ahead and announce the clarksville now 2023 all area baseball team so uh it was announced last week but that's beside the point so catcher corbin reynolds clarksville high was selected infield scotty dean rossview high Infield, Harrison Castle, Clarksville Academy. Infield, Brady Cooper, Rossview High. Infield, Cole Smith, Clarksville Academy. 
Then we have the outfield players, Cooper Wallace, Clarksville Academy. Outfield, Cade Steiner, Northwest High. Outfield, Jordan Johns, Montgomery Central. Then we have a couple utility players, Brody Prairie, Rossview High. Uh, Gavin Default, Clarksville High. Then two-way players, DJ Merriweather, shout out Austin P University. Uh, then Chris Collins, two-way player, Northeast High. Uh, two-way player for uh, West Creek High, Braden Can- uh, Cannon. Then we have the set, the pitching pitchers in the county that were selected as well. Christian Henderson uh, with Ross or with Clarksville High School. Uh, Colin Rittenberry, Clarksville Academy. Chip Harris, Clarksville High. Uh, Hezekia Scott, Rossview High. Cannon Rice, Rossview. And then pitcher, Porter Murph, Clarksville High. So, you know, there's a lot of, you know, we talked about it before. Clarksville High, Clarksville Academy, Rossview High. Just dominated throughout the season. And, you know, statistics showed their players really backed up that theory as well. Yeah, you said two names on that list that I immediately thought of. You said Christian Henderson. We named him Pitcher of the Year last week. Yep. And now he is now Player of the Year. Congratulations yes, to Christian Henderson. Player of the Year and Pitcher of the Year for Clarksville. Now huge, huge award for him. But you also said Cannon Rice, the right-handed pitcher out of Clarksville High School. He got signed to Austin P Baseball, and he is going to be joining the Governors coming up in 2024. So two of those players that I did list, like I said, DJ, then also Cannon, they're part of that 2023 recruiting class, which they can both throw on the mound. And DJ can hit in the box. DJ's a strong hitter for Clarksville. I believe Cannon Rice, son of... Rossview coach Jason Rice, uh, former coach. I don't, I don't, he's not the current coach right now. No, no, sir. no. Jason Rice, a world history teacher over at Rossview. I got to tell you all a quick funny story about Jason Rice. So, Coach Rice, he would have a tennis ball in his hand during the class. He'd just bounce it or whatever and play with it or whatever. Anybody sleeps, anybody puts their head down, not paying attention, whatnot, Jason would just give him a little toss. Nice. Uh huh. With that. Uh, not sure. Not sure how bad that is in the world today, but <laughs> back 15 years ago, uh, Jason Rice definitely was... It keeping, was wildly accepted to throw things at students. <laughs> Coach, Rice, Coach Rice was definitely keeping you on your toes. Uh, occasionally in Miss Black's class, you would see a tennis ball just roll in because he was across the hall. And uh, Yeah, I know. What's funny, similarly, yeah, it, I think it is a thing that teachers used to just throw things at students because in fifth grade... <laughs> I got our, our teacher. I forget her name. In fifth grade, she would throw a like a rubber chicken at us if we fell asleep in class. So I think that's, that's just a generational not thing. like violently or anything. No, but she would throw she'd it. She just at throw you. it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, from her desk, she'd lob it. Like you said, John, keep them keep keeping them on, on their toes. toes. But yeah, shout yeah. out, shout out, Cannon Rice and the all area team uh, for yeah Clarksville. But yeah, so I just want to say real quick, you know, I think it was really an easy decision after looking at the stats. I wouldn't say easy, but when you have a pitcher that's thrown 69 innings and an ERA of 0.60, he's going to be player of the year, in my opinion. And that's just how my thought process works. There's two other individuals that really were uh, up there. Actually, I'd say three. So uh, one was Scotty Dean, of course, who also won slugger of the year in the all-area team. Uh, Then also you have Corbin Reynolds, who hit 476 for uh, Clarksville High, and he's also a Vanderbilt commit oh, already, wow. and he's a sophomore. That's awesome. So that that's something to keep in mind. Then also, 
Cooper Wallace was Clarksville Academy, uh, and I think this is the craziest stat from him. He he batted four sixty five, but he had thirty four stolen bases. Oh my gosh! I think he doubled the closest amount anybody else even came close to on this list. I can believe it shifted so, into third off the of first. Yeah, so we had four legitimate cases for Clarksville now Player of the Year. So that I think that was really unique to see. Then, like I said, Scotty Dean won Slugger of the Year. He had ten home runs. Hit 26 extra base hits, then also 48 RBIs, uh, which I think the home runs, all those categories actually were county leading. So shout out to Scotty Dean as well. Overall, seems like it was just an incredible season for a lot of these teams. I mean, everybody had a couple guys that really stuck out, you know, and like, again, we've, we've spoke on this so many times, this level of competition in our county is just amazing to see and they continue to grow well and the level of competition in high school baseball in itself has grown so much and that goes with just pretty much any sport that's in like the mainstream world of sports right now i mean football players are you know are getting better and better younger and younger i mean you're seeing even 13 14 year olds 15 year olds getting recruited for football already and now you're kind of seeing that same shift in baseball. Baseball is still a very much huge sport in uh, America. I know a lot of people like to think that baseball is like kind of on the downward road, but let's be honest here. A lot of kids are actually playing baseball because a lot of parents aren't letting their kids play football nowadays. That's exactly the point I was going to bring up. And so all these kids, you're just seeing an overflow of talent coming out of Middle Tennessee. And also, you're having players that have come out of Austin P, like Alec Mills and others who have made it to the major leagues. And it is they're just huge role models for these kids in local towns. And that's something that Clarksville is. Even though we are becoming such a huge city, we are still a very much local feel. Definitely. Well, this is, this is a hot spot in the country for baseball. It's always been like California is one. Uh, but the South has always been a hot haven or honeypot yeah. for baseball, whether it be the Marietta, Georgia area. I mean, Florida's the king. Uh, Florida's king of baseball right I, now. I think it's debatable, if I'm being honest. I don't know. Cape Cod League down there. I mean, there's a lot. Yeah, I mean, but the South is just pumping out baseball players. And I think Tennessee's, especially Middle Tennessee, is really starting to add to that uh, repertoire. You know, the beautiful thing about us is, you know, there's 10, 10 high schools in our county. I mean, that makes us stand out more so than other counties in, in Tennessee. You know, I think that's one reason why we see it's a hot spot here. Uh, you know, and it's going to be interesting to see how we continue to grow and get better because, man, I mean, we are on the map. Well, I mean, you want to talk about growth. Kirkwood High School also yep. joining yep. in that athletic realm. They just recently had an event previously that, Christian, you were at. Yes, yep. sir. And you you interviewed Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I went down with Wesley Irvin, our videographer for Clarksville. Now uh, we went to a Kirkwood High Cobras football practice. Uh-huh. Uh, so we saw, you know, there they were in action for the first time in my experience. And they were at Austin P University. Uh, so the Cobras are led by head coach Chad Watson, Watson, who's all too familiar with the Clarksville area. So he actually began his uh, career as an assistant for Northeast High then also Clarksville Academy. Uh, when I did sit down with uh, Chad, uh, some of the things he pointed out is, you know, how the, how are they going to separate themselves from other county teams? And the br- point he brought up, they're going to be one of the youngest teams throughout Clarksville. He said they're comprised of mostly freshmen and sophomores. Yeah, but I mean, like, let's 
let's be honest here. This is this has got to be a coach's dream though too. A little like bit. kind of. I mean, like it, well, it's gonna be, be it's gonna be rough at first. But, but let's be honest here. You have a roster now, but as soon as season starts, how much of that roster is gonna be depleted? As much as I love high school sports, to talk about a roster being ginormous at the beginning of the year and then you see a drop at the start of the season, that's a real thing that coaches are concerned about. I've seen it happen many of times. And I think that might be something that he could be concerned about. But that this really comes from um, seniors in high school have a choice on whether or not to finish out their school year at their current high school when uh, areas get rezoned like this has with the addition of a new high school. So all these seniors that are already at schools are probably going to stay there no matter what. And that's why you're seeing all these younger, this younger team coming out of Kirkwood. Not a bad thing, John. It, it really isn't. It's just something you have to be watchful for because you have a lot of work to get done before season starts. And let's be honest here, it's already June, almost June 30th. Season's coming up in a couple months. What, I, what I'm saying too, though, is if you get a lot of these young, younger kids like freshmen, sophomores that are coming in too, you could build a team the next four years. And then you have these guys who've been together these four years. And then, I mean, like the sky's the limit for them. Like this is going to be their legacy, the first kind of uh, rendition of the Kirkwood team. So. Yeah. Um, I think it, it's an interesting challenge, and I think any coach that uh, really wants to make a name for himself would welcome it. And you know, th- the thing about it is, too, you know, they don't have a lot of game experience, and that's the point he brought up on Friday nights. Like, and I think that's what is going to be the b- biggest challenge. It's going to be difficult to see how that translates. Yeah. But he said one of the biggest takeaways from his team so far in the summer is their willingness to learn. The, how well they work together and they're really buying in the idea of starting something new and being or building that foundation for their program to build it into something special so you know that's just some of the points he did speak on uh then uh just to point this out as well uh position groups that have really stood out to him uh running backs he said his entire running back uh group had impressed and their depth at the position will play to their advantage. Uh, he also said the wide receivers have stood out. And then also he has projected uh, Lee Bugs to start as their quarterback, which what awesome, awesome name is that. That's right? a pretty cool name. Right? As your starting quarterback? I mean... Lee Bugs. I mean, it's pretty cool. Right? I hope, I hope you get to announce... One of their games, Jeff. <laughs> I probably will. I think I have Kirkwood. I definitely have Kirkwood on the schedule. Yeah. I just don't know where we're at. Um, that is awesome. I love I love it when areas add new teams. When I, I was know. in Wilson County, I got to watch uh, Green Hill High School enter into Wilson County schools. That was fun to watch just because I'm a Mount Juliet kid, and that was literally right down the road from us. So, so unique. It was, a, it was a brand new rival. I mean, now being... I don't know, almost six years separated from Mount Juliet. Um, it is such a huge rival now. Mount Juliet versus Green Hill. It is probably the biggest rival now in Wilson County than previously. I'm hoping this is what we're going to get to see here in Clarksville. Yeah. A really cool timing where a new school comes in, even though it's a younger team. The early preparation, the getting started now, I'm hoping that they can come out, be super competitive, and we can see even more competition here in Clarksville. I think, you know, I would not be surprised at all to see them be successful during this first year Yeah, uh, as well, because, you know, just to take you guys through their offensive and defensive, defensive standpoint, Watson told 
uh, me during our interview, actually, that Kirkwood's offense will push the pace against opponents with the goal of getting a playoff every 10 seconds. And, you know, during his Mm. opening press conference, he actually said that they're really basing their entire offensive uh, system off of the University of Tennessee's. Yeah, so Josh Scheipel, he has that incredibly quick offense. I think they definitely led the country. I think it was most plays per game, uh, most plays per drive. Uh, I think Tennessee averaged, I think, on opening drives, I think they scored something like three minutes or something something stupid like that. It's absurd. Uh, And that's with Josh Heupel's philosophy of, like, if we can get our guys as conditioned as possible, that defense is not going to be able to sub out which means our players who are already conditioned and ready for this, they've been practicing this tempo all season long, are going to be able to dominate that defense. And that's exactly what Watson's trying to do yeah. here. And he, he mentioned, too, on offense side of the ball, he wants to have a balanced attack, which means being able to throw or run the ball whenever necessary. Well, you know, local talent-wise, you know who's probably most excited about seeing new talent? That would probably be head coach Scotty Walden over there at Austin P, who is never uh, one to shy away from any other players being shown off to him and uh, possible uses here in the Governor Stadium at Forterra Stadium. I know he's probably just as excited to see all this talent. Oh, no doubt. And, you know, that's the beauty of it, recruiting homegrown yep. talent. You know, and I've talked to Scotty before in a couple of interviews, and one thing that he has said to me before is, you know, he he does like that homegrown talent. I mean, looking at the talent that's right there in your backyard, one, you're boosting the community with that, and then two, I mean, it's right here. I mean, they see Austin P. they're around that community. So, I mean, he says it sometimes is just, it works. It can be kind of transferred into that. That's amazing to see. Then uh, just going on the defensive side of the football uh, they're going to utilize a nickel defense, which is a four-two-five. Uh, they're going to have four defensive linemen on the field most of the time, along with two linebackers and five defensive backs. Uh, Watson said that they're going to throw multiple coverages at opponents to just kind of keep opponents on their toes, like we mentioned earlier. Uh, you know, up to this point, coaching staff has really emphasized technique, continuously teaching their kids why they're doing the things they're doing then also the strategy just behind the decisions that they'll make in the games. So yeah, they're going to have that center field safety, and then they're going to have either one guy roam, depending on what offense sets up on that. Yeah, so. yeah. so the Cobras will open their season against Sycamore High on August 18th. Their second game of the season will come against Montgomery Central, which will be their first ever home game. So I'm really excited to see how this plays out, guys. Four two five, yeah, four, very interesting too. It's like not really looking to get a ton of pressure, but definitely playing on that defensive side, yeah. eliminating anything. I mean, those, those defen- defensive backs will really have to play downhill, uh-huh. uh, stop the run when needed. Yeah, you know that's the thing too that they're really going to have to. Those linebackers know, are going to sure. have a lot on their plate. Yeah, 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 for sure. All right, moving along into the world of Austin P. We have some new signees in the baseball realm, Jeff. Yeah, a lot of these players looking incredible. I know Austin P is looking forward to getting some of these guys into the dugout. We already talked about Cannon Rice a little bit earlier. He's a right-handed pitcher out of Clarksville High School right here in Clarksville, Tennessee, but also a few others. Easton Frazier, another right-handed pitcher coming out of Fayetteville, Arkansas. Mateo Hernandez, he's an infielder from Fort Worth, Texas. He played over at Western Oklahoma State College prior to coming here. Uh, uh, Andres Matias, another infielder, uh, standing at 6'1 from Santo Domingo, Dominican Republic. He also played at America's 
Bicultural School, and he also played at Connor State College. Brings me to Justin Olson, another infielder from Colorado Springs, played at Pine Creek High School. He is uh, also played at New Mexico prior to being at Austin P. Trey Spear, a right-handed pitcher uh, coming out of high school from Stillwater, Oklahoma, played at Glencoe High School. Uh, if you heard me on the, uh, if you heard me during uh, one of my radio cuts, you might have heard me talking about uh, Luke Rowland as well. Rowland, another right-handed pitcher playing at a Connor State College. We talked a little bit about him last week, you and I, Christian, on the podcast. Also, Brody Zaka, we talked about him as well from Magnolia, Texas, played at Fort Scott Community College. Looking up for Austin P. They're definitely trying to retool or reload. You know how the Nick Saban thing is. They want to reload and right. retool because this first year in the A-Sun, uh, Austin P. It, it just felt like such a weird season, man, because we were like, what, two weeks before the end of the season? And I mean, they it, were just two weeks before the end yeah. of the season, right at first place, and then right to almost not making it, and then just struggling in the tournament. So I think definitely you have to, though, if you look at the whole picture, it, it, it's Austin Peay's first season in the A Sun. Is there a little bit leniency on. The road to the playoffs, maybe a little bit. I kind of give them a little bit of grace on maybe not holding that top spot in the A-Sun, but they did a fantastic job of just battling through. They sure. had a tough time in the playoffs um, until that Jacksonville State game after after the fact. But other than that, Austin P is looking for two main things. They're looking for stronger pitching. They're looking for stronger bats. They just had to get some stronger hits later on in games. I think that is something that Austin P is wanting to look at. And then pitching. We talked about it a lot this past season. Austin P needs a starting pitcher that can go yes. consistently go over four or five innings. I think or consistently yeah. go at least four or five innings. Six after six is probably your recommended is kind of what you would like <sighs> yeah, to see. That bullpen dude just got worn out. Like Peyton Jula was Peyton Jula might as well have been just going. Right. Peyton Jula is a relief pitcher and yeah. we were using him as, as a, a starter. starter um, at one point we did. And not to take anything away from Peyton Jula, being no. a relief pitcher is awesome. We, but it was just we were using him too soon. We had to go into that bullpen and way not too end early. his role, right? Correct, and that's something you have to realize. I mean, each player has a role to play, yeah. and if when you're when you're utilizing players outside that role, mm-hmm. sometimes things happen and you don't have things go your way. And I think Austin P just kind of got caught up in that tumbleweed uh, the past. Three weeks of the season. Tell that to Tennessee's Chase Burns. That's traitor. true. Traitor. <laughs> I'll tell you what. But some of these, these ads, fresh arms. I was about to say, these add-ons, though, yeah. Austin P is looking really good right now. I mean, Easton Frazier is one pitcher. I mean, Trey Spear, Luke Rowland, Cannon Rice. Uh, and then you have all your infielders. And some of these infielders, we talked about Brody Zako last week. Yeah. He was a strong hitter. He was hitting over 300 last season. 27 home runs, I believe. Yes, he, he did have 27 home runs. Um, Which it's at a lower level, Still, it is still a level, but not to take away from that. No. That is an incredible. But you also have to think Brody Zeka was coming off of injury oh. from last season. So I mean, to come off of injury and then to put up those numbers, hit some. That just means that balls. somebody was in the somebody was in the gym consistently after their injury. Now, I just want to say real quick, Cannon Rice as a freshman coming in, he can really go through some of those extended innings. I believe. Uh, then I just want to point this out too. I know uh, he's not on the list, but DJ Merriweather. Uh, like we said earlier in the podcast, his Twitter shows that he is still committed to right. Austin P State University. Not, so not that, signed though, right? Not signed. Okay. At least according to Austin P's website yes. uh, earlier today. So he's graduated though. He, yes. He, yes. So yeah. he he was a senior this season. Senior yes. this year graduated. Um, 
but hasn't signed. So. And he had committed as of, let's see, it was March 29th. Gotcha. Yeah. Two-sport athlete, right? Yeah, so he, actually, three-sport. Yeah. Basketball, baseball, and football. Oh, wow. Which he was amazing at football, well, He was too. incredible at football. I had a chance to cover a few of his <laughs> he's games. He's fun to watch, no matter what sport he's playing. fun to watch. But just to point this out, too, he's a left-handed pitcher. Yep. So that adds a whole other dimension to this recruiting class uh, when when it is announced, he is well. And you're signing. right, though. Just a small adding factor to that, he would be the only left-handed pitcher added. Boom. If he when he signs, yes. uh, pending, I guess news release from Austin P. Yeah. Uh, when that signature happens, but he would be the only left-handed pitcher in this recruiting class. All these others are right-handed, and I don't know how many right or I don't know how many left-handed pitchers Austin P. has right now. I want to say they already have a couple. But I think they're losing a couple as well. I think you at least need two to three on the pitching staff, right. whatever season. Well, it you got to have one at least in the bullpen constantly, well, just in case. That's what I was really yeah. getting at. Right. Like starting pitching, it's a little different, in my opinion. But in that bullpen, you have to have, for matchups, you just have to have two to three, from my point of view. And that's just my opinion. Yeah, for sure. A lot of cool stuff happening with uh, the new signees. Excited to see these young. Uh, talents get to Austin P and uh, yeah, do some special stuff. Uh, moving on, we got Morgan Rackle, Team Canada versus Team Tennessee and Team Florida. Yeah, so this is something really cool. I actually found that I found out about this a couple of days ago, and I was telling Christian about it in our office. But Morgan Rackle, if you don't remember, she was a fantastic player for Austin P softball just a few short years ago, and she is actually returning to Kathy Maynard Park coming up this week. So starting today at six p.m., team, excuse me, Morgan Rackle is not playing uh, tonight, but she plays for Team Canada tonight. Florida Vibe, it's another softball team that is coming up here to Clarksville. We'll be playing Team Tennessee at 6 p.m. tonight at uh, Kathy Maynard Park. Now, coming up tomorrow, Florida Vibe is going to be playing Team Canada for six games. They're going to have single games on Thursday, June 9th, and Friday, June 30th. Those will both be at 6 p.m., and then they're having some double headers uh, on July 1st and 2nd. So, this is just a really cool, like, kind of a welcome home party for Morgan Rackle. And on top of that, you get to come here and play with Team Canada. It's going to be a, I mean, have we seen anything like this? In I've Clarksville? never seen a Team USA, Team Country, Team State here at Kathy Maynard Park. I mean, since I've been here at Austin P, but that means I could have also missed something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable what they're doing over it's there. It's good, and you know, perfect timing, like we were saying earlier, you know, not a lot of sports going on right now. This is something that you can definitely go out. It's going to be hot. Like, no, it's going to be very it. hot, but Worth you want to talk every about second of it. You want to talk about sports not going on also this season. Uh, the, what is it, National Softball Collegiate League has actually funded another league called the Music City Collegiate League, which is a bunch of softball players here in Tennessee. Mm -hmm. And the collegiate level are going around playing, and they actually play here in Clarksville. It's something new going on. They have multiple different games. Highly encourage you to go follow MCCL on uh, Twitter or on Instagram. They keep showing different games that are going to be popping up. They're playing at, I think they're playing at just local high schools around the town. Wow. You know, I think this is a great way to just continue to build up and grow the game of softball too and softball i mean world series of softball is huge on it's itself huge. it's huge on itself but i feel like the past few years it has grown outward so much like i feel like a lot of people have always tuned into the softball world series but now we're seeing a lot of more like 
kids getting into softball. We're starting to see just more softball around us. And yeah. I think it's that start of getting a fast pitch professional softball league that is sustainable. Which can you imagine that? I would watch that so oh my gosh. often. Can you imagine all the all the pitchers from Oklahoma yeah. just scattered throughout a league? I, I just remember, and I hope our managers don't judge us too much, but we did watch some of the, the Austin P uh, series uh, throughout the tournament, ASUN tournament in our office. So, yeah, uh, you know, that's sure. just. That shows you our dedication to the sport right there. That was my main sport I was watching that week. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, no, it's going to be a lot of fun, uh, like Jeff was saying, Thursday, June 29th, and Friday, June 30th uh, at 1 p.m., uh, and then doubleheaders on July the 1st and the 2nd. But, uh, yeah, a lot of cool stuff going on in the world of Austin P. Austin P. alumni, uh, fast pitch softball. So, uh, that's what we got for high school in Austin P. Let's move on over to the national news. Real quick, we want to go back and touch on that College World Series just for a minute. It was it was pretty insane. So I had a theory, and I wanted to talk to you all about this. So after LSU won that first game that was closely contested, and then Florida just dominated. 24 runs, the most runs ever scored in a college World Series game. That had to have hit the ego of LSU like a ton of bricks. And I was thinking to myself, I was actually talking to my dad about this too. I was saying, all right, so there's really two, only two things that are going to happen in this next game. Uh, either Florida continues to just completely dominate LSU, uh, and that's it. Florida is going to be your championship champion. Or this is going to be one of those scenarios where Florida just proverbially uses up all their gas in that game two, and then you just see a drop off in game three. We've all seen it. Like whenever these big, like, and that's the first thing that popped to my mind when they scored 24 runs in the second game, there's a good chance that that's not going to happen. And quite possibly the complete opposite is going to happen in game three. Don't know why necessarily. It's not like they're tired. These are, I mean, these guys have been playing all season long, but it's about mental tough. It's about mental too. And also LSU is like, we cannot go out like that. Yeah. We cannot go out getting embarrassed by Florida in the first inning. Kind of looked like Florida was going to continue on to that. They scored two runs. I think in the top, either the top at the bottom of the first, uh, and then LSU just opened it up. I think going up six to two. And then, um, yeah, it was six to two by the time it was the third inning. Yeah. And then they just, wow. F- Florida was deflated at that point. Um, I'll tell you what though, those teams are were so matched. And I wish the score kind of showed on the first or the last two games. But it was just a tale of the opposites. I mean, yeah. both teams kind of came into it pretty well rested. I think. Yep. And, and it, they first and it was game competitive. Showed. Yeah, they they were both ready to play. Second game came. I don't think LSU had the biggest expectation to play as hard as they did in that first game because they had Skeens, their pitcher, their star pitcher. Uh, what's his first name, John? Paul. Paul, Paul Skeens. Skeens. Thank you. Uh, they had Paul Skeens in their back pocket. They knew they were going to try to use him in that third game. They weren't going to use him in that second game. So I think that they were mentally okay with losing that second game, which is why I think it allowed Florida to score that many runs. Well, it, it Because was- to me, there were so many defensive issues with LSU, mental mistakes, mental breaks that they had that honestly you would not see from a normal college world series team. Little league, little league throws like overthrowing third base, overthrowing first base, uh, not reading the ball correctly, whatever the case may be. I'm pretty sure we saw it in some form or fashion on the LSU defense. Now they're a great defensive team. Absolutely. They just didn't play that game defensively well. Well, and one of the things that happened in that game, too, were, uh, where Florida just dominated them, too. So 
during the Tennessee uh, Tennessee game, uh, I think it was the second. Yeah, it was the second Tennessee game where that guy, that pitcher who Von Hoofen or yeah. whatever, never th- Ackenhausen. Ackenhausen. He had never uh, thrown uh, close enough. Uh, <laughs> he, he had never thrown a start that entire year, and right. then just completely shut Tennessee down. They threw him in that game too again, and it was a false fallacy yeah. type thing. It's like yeah, this. This was a one-time thing. Right. He just had an incredible game. Well, not then, saying he's a bad pitcher, but no. that was just not. But LSU had to go deep into their bullpen that game. Yeah. I think they ended up having one. I think their third relief pitcher, or their second relief pitcher came in, and I think he went a couple of innings. They went through a lot. And, and they, then they went through about one every well, inning after they, that. They had, to be, they had to be really, really careful because. And that's what I, that was my theory walking out of that game was just, like, where was their pitching at? And is, there is their starter going to be able to start? Long enough. And the answer was yes. Hurd came out for LSU and actually pitched a dime of a game and held Florida. I mean, Florida got their points, but in the overall aspect, Hurd came out and was able to get LSU through it. And Paul Skeens never even ended up having to come into the game. He's already no. projected to go number th- th- one, two, or three think in the MLB draft. It's him, and there's two others that were playing on the College World Series stage. So, that were, yeah, I think Florida's uh, center fielder, I forget his name, but then also Dylan Cruz, their baseman yes. for LSU, which you know speaks to that level of competition on that team. If you have a player go first overall with Cruz and third in Skeens, is that, is that correct? Y- yes, yes, Paul Skeens. So, I mean, that just... I knew his last name, I promise. I yeah. just didn't know his first name. <laughs> I knew his na- first name was Paul. I forgot his last name, so it makes sense. But these guys, the, you want to talk about competition being so tough. Can you imagine being in college and having to play against... Well, both of your both teams have to look at it like, all right, we got this guy over here on the opposing team that's going to go number two in the MLB draft. And then you're Florida going like, these guys have two guys that are going to go in the top three Man. of the MLB draft. It was such a fun series to watch. Not only that, both these teams are just fun to watch. Baseball is getting a little bit more chirpy in the dugouts, and I like it. I like that fun aspect of baseball. I think uh, that's kind of been lost for a long long time. Uh, So it was fun to watch LSU kind of party it up. And then Beloso, when Beloso hit his home run and, I mean, absolutely partied, with Florida or partied with LSU, it was just an awesome, awesome yeah, thing take, to watch this year. A, taking a cue from the bad boys of baseball last year, the Tennessee Volunteers, who just completely flipped. And like all jokes aside, the Tennessee Vol team last year with the daddy hat and the um, the cheetah the cheetah jacket, and then the just we don't care whatever words that I cannot say on this uh, program. Uh, they just let it fly last year, and they actually had a ton. There were rules made for players celebrating because of Tennessee last <laughs> yeah. year, and uh, well, I, hopefully we'll get to see them next year, make it to uh, the national championship, and then maybe we can cheer them on. Fourth best when team they in the can, country. I don't know what. Well, yeah, like I said, yeah. I hope that they. They. I hope that know, they can make it. Yeah. No, they'll, they they will be fine. Uh, Tony Vitale has got don't things. Don't pull a Reggie Miller now, everybody. I just they just like to end it early every year, <laughs> and I don't know why. End it early. Who who are you rooting for? And when it comes to baseball, I root for who plays well. To be honest with you, I don't uh, really have a specific team. So bandwagoner. Okay, outside no, of MLB. Well, this well, this, this year I was actually watching, and I was wanting Florida to win it, but I was wanting Florida to win it because I actually felt like they were the underdogs, even though they were seated higher. Higher. Um, I just think LSU just looks so strong, and they have such a strong uh, batting lineup. 
I mean, well, you know, when you got a bunch of money and then you just money can buy everything, right? It can when that's the atmosphere of the sports. You, know, you take world. Tommy Tanks up from North Carolina State and Tommy Tanks. Hey, yeah, hey, hey. Tanks, man. Did you see those balls, Tommy White? That's an inter- He's an interesting player. Do you think he's going to translate to the next level? It's so hard to tell. Always, it's so because it, he's one that's of, those, one of the like, worst questions about he, being. He's one of those in sports is he, because nobody really knows how it's going to go. Because in football, you have all of your pockets are wide open. You have a whole lot of room to get the ball in, like as far as passing goes. So your receivers are going to have a little bit of better luck catching the ball in college. When you get to the NFL, those pockets decrease in size by about ninety million. Hyperbole, but same thing. And in baseball, it's the same thing. You have pitchers who can put a lot of rotation on balls, on pitches, and then you get to the major leagues, and I think there's about 10 times more rotation. There's different things going on. I believe the field fields are a lot different in major league baseball as well. So I think that there's just too much like, to actually like, tell. Like what? Center, I feel like there's more field. consistency in major league baseball with fields and gotcha. fences. Like in the deep fences. In college, nobody cares. I swear you can go to any college stadium and their left field fence and their right field fence will be different points than in a different stadium. Um, yeah, no, what I was talking about kind of more or less was like, so Tommy Tanks, he is this proverbial college uh, folklore hero kind of guy. Dominates in college. Folklore. F- folklore kind of hero. Like he is going to dominate. He is dominating in college, but it's, he almost seems like one of those players that is the hero in college, but is not may not necessarily translate to Major League Baseball. Well, I wasn't I wouldn't expect him to be the hero coming right out of college into yeah. Major League Baseball. And also remember, we're not going to see these guys play in Major Leagues until probably three or four more years. I think it depends on you know the setup. There's yeah. been I mean there's been guys who've like some yes, been, but been not a college many. legend that hasn't gotten drafted. Yeah, and that's yeah. what I was about to say. It depends on where they get drafted. Too. Yeah, it's also you have true. To think about. How many guys are above them on that organizational chart? You know, and I think sometimes those, let's say Mickey Moniak, for example, Philly's first round, first overall pick a couple years ago, he just didn't, his game didn't translate with the Phillies organization. Then he gets traded last year, he gets hurt, comes into this year, he's batting 313 around that margin, and he has like seven home runs. He, Where'd that come from? So it depends on how long it takes as well. They may it may not happen right when they get into the league, when they do make that they get called up, but there's a chance that it will happen eventually. Possibly. Uh so yeah, that was the College World Series. So I guess congratulations to LSU. <laughs> um Congratulations to the SEC. Yeah. That's that's how I look at it. I mean, let's let's be honest. The SEC is the best conference in College yeah. athletics. Yeah, yeah. there I'll is give you that no one. arguing that. It's, uh, it's an argument in basketball. Um, Other than that, moving along, uh, Jeff, do you want to touch on the Braves real quick? Sure, I can touch on the Braves real quick. Um, so, Atlanta Braves are actually number one right now in the National League East. Uh, Marlins six and a half games back. Phillies ten and a half games Shout back. Out. Mets 16 games back. Now, as a Braves fan, I also know that when you start talking smack. You usually start to eat it at some point in the season. So I'm not going to do that right now. Thank you. Hey, I respect that. Thank, I'm just saying, because and let me tell you the reason why, Christian. I kind of I told you this earlier. Last season, the Mets were down by, I don't even know, or Mets were up, I don't even know how many games. I think it was like 21. 
Something around that. Braves were in 21. second. 20, 21. 21. 21. 21. Braves were in second, and somehow, some way, my Bravos came back. And I saw that. One, did I make fun of the Mets for it? 100%. Just, we're almost at the All-Star break. It is way too early for me to be saying any anything too rowdy against the Mets, because they have pitching to be good. That is one thing to remember. They have the pitching to be good. But they're just not. I, I, um, I, can, I can promise you that Mets team. I do. I very highly doubt that they are going to come back. That Phillies <laughs> team, though, it's the best thing money can buy. Apparently, <laughs> just a little bit struggling right now. No offense, Christian. What do you mean? What, what was that? I mean, comment? y'all go out and spend what three hundred million dollars? Oh, you like guys! Do, you guys did spend the most money on salaries than any other team in. Major League Baseball. You have to think we're paying these players for an extended period of time too, so they're but getting still paid year by year. I mean, I'm fine with that. No, That's yeah, a fair no, assessment. No. Yeah, At yeah. least our owners actually willing to go out and pay these players when okay. you have the uh, athletics. Make, hey, they're you paying. are preaching to the choir. There is yeah. nothing more that I would like no. than John Mazalak, uh and Bill DeWitt to pay St. Louis Cardinals play. If the Cardinals actually went and go went and spent money with the homegrown talent that they have. I mean, wait, Watch out. time like, out. They they are paying Nolan and no, they, Paul Goldschmidt so Nolan, an Nolan insane was, amount of Nolan money. Nolan was like on the, that fifth-year option or type thing. Nolan did not get paid market value this year, and like he took kind of a cut. What What's a cut, though? I think he probably could have made $10 million more or something like It was something really dumb, and Nolan is kind of pissed probably about it now. Goldschmidt, I think, is on his last year of his deal, and I think it's either next year or this year. And I, I want to say this too: the Phillies haven't been really struggling. The thirty-eight and thirty-four. I mean, they were. I was about to say they were a couple. Not, they were a couple games below five hundred. Yeah. Now I mean, they're not. They're not doing amazing. No, no they're, they're not, not doing, doing amazing. amazing. But they're finding their stride. They were rough. Bryce true. Harper. Their series against Atlanta, they were playing well. Yeah, the Bryce Harper's finding his rhythm. You know. I can't really say the same about the Cardinals. It's just going to get heated from this point forward, it has ladies to. and gentlemen. I was about to say, it's going to get a really bumpy ride. Look, One yeah. thing, we're, I'm going to go ahead and throw this out <laughs> here, and we'll just start having the whole conversation just so we can get a whole picture. So real quick, I want to talk about the MLB All-Star break. So Ronald Acuna Jr. already has been named starter over Fernando, or Fernando uh, Tatis. Shohei Otani, starting pitcher. Duh. Freddie Freeman is going up against Matt Olson, which is interesting to former Braves. I know everybody, a lot of Braves fans are still heartbroken about that. Uh, Ozzy Albies is in the running for second base, and then Orlando Arcia for the Atlanta Braves is also up for shortstop in uh, the All-Star game. Now, this all starts with some uh, some issues revolving around the Cardinals, correct, John? What do you mean, issues? Is that what, is that what the argument was? We were talking about no, the we Cardinals were, uh... not being able to... Uh, Win some games or something? What for the all in the all? What, what, which which fight do you want to pick first? Do you want to pick? <laughs> all right, let's okay, let's start with Fernando Tatis. Right, he doesn't make All Star because he's took steroids. Right, we're all in agreement on that. So uh, in in what? Yeah, okay. it's a fan vote, so, so, so fans get a vote. Yeah, so so why we, did if Fernando? We're going, if we're going on that, like, do you think that Fernando Tatis Jr. might possibly should? Deserve to be in. The, I think uh, he. I mean, he's played well. To be over Ronald. Koenig. I mean, he's a strong hitter. He's a great fielder. There's not. You can't take away his talent from that. Uh, I think he's still top three player. Yeah, I think so too. But I think the fans just couldn't do it. I don't think the fans could sit there and vote for somebody who cheated. So, so his his whole steroid thing, like he, I think his claim was like it was in something that he 
was taking he was like some something like yeah, a he, vitamin or something unfortunately that's with every sport yeah. because all of them are like, probably taking some form like of we don't know if that's true or, or if that's not and like, supplement yeah here's the other thing too and I don't know. But I say that, but I'm pretty sure somebody has also said, some famous athlete has come out and said, I've never not, like, I've never taken something and not known what was in it. And I was like, well, yeah, that's probably true. Like, I mean, if you're a, if you're a major athlete you have to. and you have all these drug tests that you have to, like, do, yeah, you're probably going to have a, a team or yourself is going to be probably diligent on, like, making sure what you're putting in is probably clean. So, I mean... That gets into the whole argument, or not even argument. That gets into the whole thing of this, like what your steroid, your steroids view. Obviously, like the steroid does steroids make the player? Because like you can make a lot of arguments. Like my favorite, my favorite baseball player of all time is Mark McGuire. Um, people who are fair weather baseball fans will come and say, "Oh, McGuire took steroids." He took, I think it was like. It was what McGuire took was something legal, like it wasn't banned or anything, but it was frowned upon more or less at the time. But what I'm getting at too is, if you look at Mark McGuire's, just as an example, if you look at Mark McGuire's rookie season with the Oakland A's, he hit 49 home runs, a skinny. In uh, I used to carry around his Oakland A's rookie baseball card, like a Don Russ or something like that. Thin, skinny, lanky dude. Like you can't tell me like that steroids makes you be able to hit the ball, see the ball, do this and that. It might make the ball go fifty feet more out of the park and on some questionable home runs. Uh but I think that's the same thing with Fernando Tatis Jr. I don't think that steroids made Fernando Tatis Jr. a good player. But at the end of the day, too, you're not gonna convince a bunch of people. I think that's what disappoints people. Yeah. Why? Why even he, take it if that's exactly. the case? Exactly. And I think that's why it's so frowned upon nowadays is because injuries you don't need it. I, like you were already a good athlete. I get and injuries. you're just doing stupid stuff. Yeah. It I get injuries, but it's not worth either injuries getting suspended. Or, or legitimate like maybe he's telling the truth. Like we all want to say maybe we all want to say it was like, man, come on, really you, you didn't know. My point with Mark McGuire, though, why even take it if he's hitting 40 home runs in his rookie year? So McGuire, McGuire's thing, it was... Uh, Competition. It was like HGH or something like... It was like an HGH precursor or something like that. It's called androgen or something. And it wasn't he just was him in the home that run. time so He was too. in the home run so, running against Swan... So that, so Juan, Juan, I can't say So that name. McGuire's thing was he, he had a bunch of injuries that he was coming back from, too. And that was helping in recovery and whatnot. Yeah. But... I mean, for Fernando Tatis Jr., like maybe it's a situation of he just didn't do that, but that's probably why he didn't get the vote. Um, I think he was coming off, and injury. he's he's really laying into the fans. You've seen the videos of him like uh, like choiring fans who are telling him oh, stare, who are like, yeah. and stare, and he's just playing into it. So, like he he is a good player. We're all in agreement that Fernando Tatis Jr. probably is one of the best players in baseball, Definitely. regardless, Most, of without a doubt. Yeah. So, I mean, he is unbelievable to watch. You know, there's just so many great talents like that nowadays, especially like uh, De La... Oh, wait, what? Willie De La Cruz. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Then you have, of course, Acuna. Then also you have... Austin Riley. Yeah. You I mean, he's so not an many. outfielder, but so, Austin Riley, okay, yeah. great I, hitter. I wouldn't put him on let's, that yeah. same pedestal. I wouldn't either. Not Austin let's Riley, necessarily. Let's get into that. Yeah. Uh, oh. This was the real argument this that John was, and I were the, having. This was the real argument. So It's going to get uh, spicy. Back to the MLB All-Star uh, ballot. Um, I'm not a big fan. First, Acuna had the most votes along with Shohei Otani, so they both get starting spots. That's but, deserved well, yeah, on both parts. W- without, w- without having to even finish the voting, I'm not a big fan of that. I'd rather you just finish the voting and the person yeah. who gets the most in their position, they start. Like, yeah. whatever. Um, 
So we got through those, and then we got down to uh, the Na- National League uh, third base, and uh, rightfully so, Nolan Arenado is leading, is leading the um, the race, and then in second is Austin Riley, and uh, that kind of sparked a debate between uh, me and Jeff uh, between Nolan Arenado and Austin Riley, and like. Now, before we go any further, I just sure. want to make sure the truth is put out there. Okay. <laughs> that the the basis of this debate was that John said that Austin Riley was 100% not a clear was 100% a clear no on the All-Star saying he had no chance and didn't deserve it Making over Nolan Arenado. Oh, facts. No, that, that over Arenado? 100% facts. There is no but way. But he was leading it to be as in that Austin Riley did not even deserve to be mentioned for the All-Star. No, no, no. I said I, my my whole argument was over Nolan Arenado. Like, it's not even close. Like, it is not a close. Like, looking at players side by side. And this is goes into my whole point, too, on these Fairweather Braves fans who really just started, not to saying you necessarily, Jeff. Thank you. But these Fairweather Braves fans who have jumped on the bandwagon in the last two or three years. Uh, ever since the Braves started getting a little bit good, uh, and now they're being obnoxious on Twitter. Um, and, you know, they definitely hate Cardinals fans because they're sour about a correctly called infield fly rule uh, during a— I don't know why you would bring that up. You know I'm touchy about that subject. <laughs> I mean, it's just the truth. It's it in was the an rules. infield fly. It was not an infield fly. It was fly. One, under the rules, it was. No, it was not. Go, we, can, we can go back to this, but— Was it in the outfield, John? That has nothing to do with what an infield fly determines. Notice how defensive he got on no, that, no, right? No. Notice how, no. Notice how the, the defending came out it's not immediately. I'm just trying to correct Christian and, and acknowledge him as a umpire who spent about a decade umpiring. So you would have called that? Oh, absolutely. Preschool it, umpiring is not umpiring, preschool. John. Oh, no. I, I umpired middle school, too, middle school too. But the rule still stays the same among middle school messes. and Major League Baseball. So, have the same rules? It does, look, if an infielder... Can get under a baseball and camp under he it? He wasn't underneath it. He was Check not camp underneath it. Oh, he was 1,000% camped. So much camped underneath it, he was able to turn around after he was camped underneath him. He was like, hey, bro, you want it? And then move out of the way. He was camped no. underneath it. False. Either way, Regardless, that okay. was a bad call. Regardless. Nolan Arenado is a great third baseman. I would not say that he's not, and you know I wouldn't say that. But what I am saying is Austin Riley can be very much viewed in the conversation as a third base all starter and go up against Nolan Arenado. I don't think only has a couple more. Only has a couple less home runs and point zero one six less of an OPS. Okay, so let's go over it real quick, Jeff. Point zero six. Zero one six point zero one six. It's seven seven ninety seven ninety seven for Nolan Arenado, seven eighty four for Austin Riley. I don't think that's it's about zero. It's still close. Point zero one six. Uh, RBIs. Nolan Arenado is sixth. Uh, sixth in RBIs, tied. Uh, Austin Riley is thirty first. Uh, strikeouts. Austin Riley is tied for seventeenth, which is actually in the group. He is, I think, the seventh. Or seventh or tenth, most he strikes out more than anybody. Uh, Nolan Arenado is fiftieth, uh, and then let's go to average two, uh, two sixty eight versus two seventy two, and then home runs too. Uh, Nolan Arenado has more home runs and barely. 
But then we can also factor in the fact that Austin Riley has had more at-bats than Nolan Yeah, exactly. No, that proves into my point more. Arnado's got better statistics on less at-bats. You could also make the argument, and I'm just unbiased because I hate both teams, to be honest with everybody. Uh, It's not to call you guys (laughs) out, but, you know, sorry. Be quiet real quick. Just just real quick. Uh, Austin Riley's on a winning team. That has zero that, that, to do with the All-Star. Yes, it does. No, you all are clowns. Whoa, no, we are that. not. Because Wait, it is literally out. a fan vote. Same, and we'll get into I'll get to you later. Wait, time out. You're saying that on a winning team, it does like it's just purely off statistics? The best play, the All-Star game is the best players in the MLB. I agree. It's not who the best player on the team that is doing the best that's is. That's not what I because said. Because the best third baseman might be on a team that is not playing so well. That is not what... Because he gets what, paid a lot. Hey. So Mike Trout... Are we shocked that nobody from let, the let athletics me, are Let me finish. There? Let me Go finish. Go ahead. I agree with you. It is about statistics, and it's about who's doing the best this year. Yeah. But... Your team and their production, it also is involved. If you're on a winning team, that should be involved somehow. In how the player, the player's performance. So a crappy player who plays in center field. There's a Braves is, player, by the way. Is Austin Riley helping stats? That is in. Uh, he's in the running for one of the outfield positions. Orlando, who? What's his name? I can't. Here, you go through the. You're the Braves fan, right? Uh, we got. Oh, I mean, Acuna. the outfielder. Acuna oh, no. is in the outfield. Michael Harris, the third? Maybe. That might be him. Not great stats. Probably a great defender. He's a stud. stud. I was about to but, say, he's a stud hitter. But you're saying, so you're taking winning out of the equation completely. Well, Austin Riley's helping the Braves win games. Okay, but the, like, you can't take that out of a team. And Nolan Arenado is definitely helping the Cardinals win Can, games. 33 okay. and 45. Okay, but that's that has nothing to do with the individual player that is being chosen for the best players in Major League. But it's a fan vote. So if we're relying on the fan then these vote, fans are why are the fans going to look at a team that's not winning and that say, like, the, yeah, let's add that third baseman. I've ever, then, then no one should ever look at Mike Trout to be in the All-Star team is what you're saying. Mike, yes. Mike Trout has go on. No, Mike Trout has if had that's outliers. Your no, it it's, is not. We're saying it, the Angels are it, crap. We're saying it doesn't n- all out. rely. They're literally second in the AL West. What are For you the talking? past couple of years, okay. the Angels have been crap, and Mike there Trout has always been there. You go. Always been on the All Star team. That's because people. God, most John. people are smart. I'm saying it's a small part of this equation. Right. It's it not, shouldn't be. At it's all. not defining. If you're saying that, then I don't understand. But that was the argument understand. that Jeff was making, was that that should be taken into account. That a team that's doing better... No, no, I'm on Christian's side. It literally it's, a, okay. it's a small portion of the equation. Nice kickflip there. It should kick be... Kickflip? It should be... I want to see Jeff do a kickflip, but it should be equated. <laughs> you joke, I, I, I can like, do one. I don't... I disagree. Austin Riley's helping his team win. I'm not saying he should be above Nolan. I don't think so at all. No. Just because Nolan's had a great year... He, like you said, he's, defensively, he's twice yeah, the ten times. But he's helping his team win. But at the same time, you could make an argument because he is part of a winning formula. That's all I'm getting at. It I, should I think be. That's a, oh, it and, should be and, part of the conversation. And what I'm what I'm getting at is I don't think that that's the case at all because the All Star break isn't about the isn't about picking the All Star teams. It's about picking the All Star players. It has to be about the teams though, it's teams because it's a team players. sport. Like the All Star, no the All Star, the All Star break in the All Star game is an individual accolade event. It's about the players. Then not why the do we team. why do we look at RBIs? Then why did you bring up because RBIs? they're individual statistics? But then those runs don't matter. They're individual runs. But then they don't matter. The team doesn't matter, right? Oh my gosh! <laughs> I, I don't know how I can get this through your skull. The, the All 
When you were in Little League, Jeff, and you played on... Were you the umpire? No, 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 no. <laughs> when you were in Little League and you were playing on a team, you were one of the best players on that team. But your team wasn't doing so great. You were really good. You were a standout star, though. Does you, Should your team's poor performance uh, neglect or uh, penalize you because you were on a bad team? No. Be, but that's what you're arguing at this point. No. What I'm saying is when you're looking at the all-star vote, your team and how you perform with your team should also be accounted for, especially since it is a fan vote. And we're sa- the fans are going to want to see they want to see wins, they want to see home runs. You're saying that's a small portion, though, right? right. Yes, you it said- shouldn't be an argument at all, though. Is Wh- what I'm saying. Why though? John? Because because you are picking individual players for okay. a game. That's great. You're not picking how well the team is performing. Okay. Well, look at this too. Clutch at bats that help your team win. What about we can that? Go, oh, then Nolan that that feeds into my point more better too. Nolan Arenado definitely has more clutch of bats than Austin Riley. Okay, uh, you could say that, but also right. at the same time, who's won fifty games and who's won thirty games? That's my point, and that's only my point. It, you see what I'm saying? But the all star, <laughs> my my whole point too is you're saying it's not it shouldn't be so, factored at okay, all. Okay, so who so is Austin Riley single handedly winning games for no, the Atlanta Braves? But he's then helping them win. The, then that defeats the point too. No, it doesn't. Yeah, it does because nine players is on Acuna that, winning games by himself. Nine players on that team are helping them win. Okay, rotation, win so games. maybe the better question is John. What is your recommendation for the all star? How, how to vote for all star? Exactly what I just said. Like, if I'm looking at Mike Trout last year or years prior, and he's playing on that Angels team that is terrible, you're looking at Mike Trout, his statistics, how he's played, not necessarily how his team has played, because they lost so many games. And we're not fighting you on that. He is. No, we aren't. I, I, I don't even know if they're if it's a fighting thing. Is that, that you're saying that it should count how a team's per, it how should, a team's performance it should be in the equation? And I just don't see how that. If the, the fans are going to be voting for it, yes, that has to be in the conversation. In my opinion, it has to. Even if the fans weren't involved, if the league was involved, I mean, what if you have two players that yeah, well, are side running. by side, exact same statistics? Who's going to start? Oh, who has the better team? Who's who's helped their team more? I mean, you already you complained a lot about the politics in NCAA baseball and about how Tennessee didn't get the home field advantage in that game. What are you going to say when this happens and the league makes that decision and they choose a player that the whole you fan base? Okay, so you can't you can't make the, uh, a seating for a tournament. That is, that I didn't is, say seating. I said homing home field. That was completely how it was based. It was based on the team's performance for the seed, not individual players going to a specific game. And this is based on a fan vote. So you're going to tell the fans, hey, you can't vote for no, your no. favorite team? The fans can vote for whoever they want. I'm just saying if the okay, fans so are, if are the you fans saying are you t- should change the all-star voting system? So how would you change it? I would like to see that. No, no, no. It's like, well, well you would like to see the all-star? Maybe. I, I would like to see the format change. I don't like fan votes because you do have. It turns into a popularity contest. It, it does, And you in can a way. get swarms of ignorant fans voting for it. You say ignorant fans, but I'm just saying a lot of fan bases are doing that. They are promoting it, you I mean, to it, vote for yeah. their players. No. I, th- I think we brought this up earlier, and I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Bryce Harper doesn't deserve to be the DH for the all-star game, but the fans want to see it. 
that's one reason I'm like, oh, well, maybe that's it does need to change. That's happened with Harper before, too, I think, though, right? I think that's happened with Bryce Harper in the past, too. I don't know about the past, but I don't know. I, I'm just saying this year he does not deserve it. Uh, there's uh, plenty of other people that deserve the opportunity. Yeah. But, and that's where I, I wish it would change. But with that being said, if it were to change, I want to look at statistics and how they have helped their team, how their team's doing, uh, if, if it comes down to that. You see what I'm saying? If the stats are that close, it should be in the equation. That's all I'm saying. So we should also look to see who brought sunflower seeds, orange slices, and Gatorades to the game, too. Just, you know, a team player, right? Oh, my God. Um, no, but the, the also, I, I agree with you on that the voting should change for the All-Star break. I think how it was was that it used to be baseball. What was it? Baseball Writers of America. I believe so. Uh, and then there was a, a fan vote. Yeah. There was, like, a fan entry. Now it's, like, strictly fan run. Yeah. Uh, which is an interesting take. What? A fully fan managed no. all star voting system. NBA does half half fan vote, half league vote. I think it should be like league based or like writing. And then I'm pretty Raiders sure based. NFL the Pro Bowl is all But you know, yeah, on, on, on the flip on the flip side awful. too on the flip side. That's a like did, that's a disaster in itself. Yeah. And that's what that's what I'm saying. Like on I the think flip you side have too. to have like a fan incorporation to it well on the flip side too that's how we got to this point where now it's mlb's all or nothing tactic which don't get me started on some of the things that mlb does yeah it's their all or nothing tactic when it was just strictly the baseball writers of america fans were complaining it was like hey man like this is just a poor decision and then um and yeah it, it was just a poor decision but nonetheless um i i i disagree uh, wholeheartedly with the whole, we know that the that there's that this it should be in the equation. No, it's it's an individual game based on individual accolades. I don't think. So, how would you decide if two players are on the on the cusp of getting into the All Star? Watch game? the tape, baby. What like if they're, the they're, stats are? Exi- wait, time you out. can go you to defensive. You can't. You can go to defensive. You just said statistics based. Yeah. What if they're defensive exact statistics. same statistics? They're not. Well, I mean, like, they, Let, let's say they are in a one in a billion chance. Let's say they are in a one in a billion chance. I think you know what? If that ever happens, I think that we bring that to the baseball writers. They review the tape, and then, uh, like, you can tell from the tape. The like, tape that shows player. that each statistic. What What do you mean by that? I don't understand. Because if the you know, statistics you know are exactly the it's same, the eye test. it's the eye test, like uh, the NCAA, right? You mean like how the fans watch it? No, no, no. I said like the eye test. Don't even try. Did, don't you, even see try. It? Did you did, let the fans watch it with their no, eyes? No. Definitely. Sure. Okay. Just sure. want to make no, sure the, we were on the, the same fan, page. The fans can vote it, but that has nothing to do with how the team performs. That is the fans watching an individual player. What? Uh, I understand what you're saying, yeah. but also... Thank you. If Christian. they have the same stats, the tape's going to show the exact same thing throughout the entire you know course of the you year. You know, there's different situations on how they got to that stat, whether it be a clutch hit or a clutch this or that. So you're going by the view of it, yeah, by that individual and how they help view. their team by that individual player, not the team's winning because you know one person's not going to win the game outside of a walk off. Which is it still that individual player's yeah. performance? On yeah, that. I agree with so, that, but, um, but I don't know. Uh, Regardless, Should, I think we just need to move on to better the week at this point. Yeah, How's that? can we all agree on that? <laughs> I think we're ready for Fourth that's, of July. That's the first thing we've agreed on in thirty minutes. <laughs> yep. So, uh, uh, you want me to go ahead? Sure. Okay. So, my better the week uh, is Patrick Corbin uh, for the Nationals taking on the Mariners. Logan's Logan Gilbert. 
So I, I'm having the Mariners win by two runs against the Nationals. Uh, actually, Corbin's coming off a performance where uh, his team lost 13-3 to against the Padres. Uh, the Mariners are just as productive on offense. I think the, they'll have it by more than two runs, actually. So that is my lock for the day. That bet is happening at that game is happening at three ten. You know what I like, Christian? What do you like? And I, I, this just popped up right on my screen, a little pop a noggin into the brain. Um, over eight and a half, Houston St. Louis Cardinals uh, minus one fifteen. I think that is going to be. Uh, you got Miles Michaelis, so that's a toss up with him. I think it's going to be. Um, I think it's going to be a higher scoring game. I could easily see nine runs in this game. So, uh, yeah. Minus uh, over eight and a half, minus one fifteen. That is um, on Fanduel. That Who, I'm running. Who's from. the pitchers again? Miles Michaelis and uh, Javier for Houston. You're betting over. You're over over eight and a half. Really? Yeah, it's actually oh, favored too. Really? Minus minus one fifteen versus minus one. I could see the Cardinals get shut out. No, no, they won. Javier's they nice. won. They won yesterday four two against Houston. Javier's real nice though. Jeff, you got one for the so day? So I'm looking at the Marlins going up against the Boston Red Sox. It's coming up tonight at 6-11. Kind of looking at this one just because Miami's kind of been on a little bit of a roll the past few weeks. They've just kind of looked a little strong. I'm going to have them going over. Uh, right now it's, uh, I have them at Marlins over 9.5 tonight. Okay. And it, who's, pitch, who's pitching Boston? Because it doesn't say on my... I don't have one yet. I just have Who'd Gary going for the Marlins. That, so you're taking a little risk right now. I like now. A little bit. I like this one, though. So what did you say? I just feel like the Marlins are really on a roll right now, and Boston's kind of a toss-up. What'd I don't you, know how Boston what, so what really... Did you, what'd you, what was your, your pick? Marlins over 9.5. Over 9.5. Are you talking about the game or the Marlins themselves? The game. Okay. okay. Runs okay. total. Okay. 9.5. Yeah, but Marlins Which I could win. easily see that. Who's pitching for the Marlins? Garrett. Oh, okay. Which Braxton Garrett's coming off a career high in strikeouts at 13. <laughs> Correct. So, I mean, that would, that I just don't know why Boston hasn't released their starter yet. I, I'm sure it's one of those things. And, you know, one thing about it, it may be a relief pitcher, which that will yeah, play to Europe. Well could. Yeah, I know. May, that's what I'm saying. I think if, if the Marlins can get on a hitting roll, Boston could be in trouble big time. You so, those know. are your. Picks of the week. Yeah, baby. Uh, yeah, so that's going to do it for your week, your sports. Um, for Christian Brown, for Jeff Matthews, I'm John Glass. Peace.